Hi, everybody. You're back. I'm back. We're back. Let's do a podcast. First, I want to say huge thank yous to folks who have uh, subscribed, who have written reviews, and who have left ratings. Thank you so, so much. Special shout outs to Songstress79, Sin Patton, and Jess RH for your very kind reviews. Thank you so much. Means the world to me, and they made me cry. So thank you. Very kind and generous. Uh, if you folks like the podcast, if you like what I'm doing, if you want to support what I'm doing, rating, uh, subscribing, and reviewing is the easiest and freest way to do that. So that means the world to me. Thank you so much. And hey, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at um, ithinkyournice.com. I'm on Instagram, I think you're nice. I'm on Twitter, I think you're nice. And hey, I just think you're nice. My email address is also sarah at ithinkyournice.com. Hey, Thanksgiving is coming up this week. I know this is a wonderful holiday for many people. It is a challenging holiday for others. Whether you love it, whether you wish you could avoid it, I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope you find a way to celebrate something in your life that makes you happy and that you like to celebrate and that you are thankful for. I'm thankful for a lot of things. I'm thankful for your kindness and your support and your love. And I hope you guys have a wonderful week because you're wonderful and you deserve to have a wonderful week. Thank you so much and enjoy. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Hi, I think you're nice. Why, hi, I think you're nice. Let's have a seat and let's have a nice time. I think you're nice. So let's chat. So let's chat. So let's chat. I think you're nice. So let's chat. Welcome to Hi, I Think You're Nice, a podcast where I, your host, Sarah Hanchar, I'm saying this weird, uh, <laughs> uh, talks to a nice person about something nice for about an hour. Jess Landcrone. Yay! Or do you prefer Jessica? Uh, as long as you, I, you know, I really don't, it doesn't matter. I don't prefer Jessie. Okay, um, so that's off the table. That's the one that I would, I would say. I would probably say, uh, Jess or Jessica is fine. I have a yeah. habit of saying everyone's, like, long version of their name. Yeah. Um, like, I've never called Patrick Pat. That's I call him P-Funk. You but, do, yeah. But uh, uh, then there was a guy I went to college with. His name is just Steve. But I always called him Steven. He's like, it's Steve. Not Steven. <laughs> it's just Steve. I'm like, but why? <laughs> that's so I'll start hard. calling you Sarah Han. There you go. Saron. Saron. <laughs> I guess Perfect. that's like Saron rap. <laughs> <laughs> Cling film. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I have Jess here, Jessica, never Jessie, uh, <laughs> because she's nice and cool. It was one of the first people I met when moving to Seattle. And because we both work at Unexpected Productions and we do improv together. And she's very funny and she's nice. And she also lived in Florida. I did. And. Born and raised. Born and raised yeah. in Florida. Yeah. Real, t real quick, I do have a small list of things I want to talk about. Tree snakes is one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just because maybe our friends who never spent any time in Florida don't know anything about tree snakes. You're you were talking about when I explained that uh, sometimes if you go on the springs rafting, the, yeah. there's, the snakes will be sort of above the water or fall into the water <laughs> from the trees. Uh -huh. <laughs> They aren't necessarily, like, tree snakes. They're just, uh, they're snakes. just snakes that get into the trees. 
Uh, and I don't know why. I should know more about this. Maybe that's where the bugs are. I don't know why they're in the trees. Uh, but yeah, it's a real, it's a real thing. <laughs> the, but snakes in general are a real, yeah, a constant. real thing. Uh, so yeah, when they're in the trees, you're like, well, okay. Now they're just coming from above and below. And this is just, or when they come swimming into the water, then it's it makes for an interesting trip. But the best is when it's like a spring full of, and it's it's like spring rafting float trips, right? So, so you're in like an inner tube. So inner tubes, you can rent them on the way there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the best that I, or you can, some people use like, of course, over time they got bigger and more ridiculous these rafts as things do. Uh, sure. America. <laughs> As uh, we escalate <laughs> our rafting needs. <laughs> yeah. And the best was a raft that was full of what I imagined to be, they were co- college age females. Okay. Um, potentially sorority. Mm. Uh, and a snake came jumping out of the tree or falling out of the tree. I want to think it was on purpose because it was just so... <laughs> Fantastic. And these girls, who I'm sure had been well on their way to a hangover mm-hmm. the next day, um, were capable of standing on their rafts and, like, walking from raft to raft to avoid the water. I mean, it was like Circus de Soleil on... That's very impressive. <laughs> and, yeah, and they're just screaming, and you see this little lone snake just, like, cruising out past them. So good. Like, yeah, like, so I don't care about you. I'm just trying to get across the river. Oh, it was so funny. And they're, like, losing their minds. Uh, I think I'd scream pretty hard. I would prefer not to be yeah. jumped on by, by a snake, snake. for sure. <laughs> that's partly why I was happy to get to the other side of these mountains. Yeah, fewer tree snakes. Even though I saw a snake today. Oh, did is, you? I did. What kind of snake? I don't know. It was a little black snake. It was oh. young. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in general. I'm not afraid of snakes. I don't want them falling on me when I'm in a bathing suit. It's probably like number one. Exactly that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Mm. That's my least favorite time. to it's swimming, to... they're weird. Well, they're like eel... You know, I listened to a different podcast where they talked about like people's fear of snakes and it's their lack of legs, but the way they their bodies move, they kind of turn them into legs. Yes. Like the way that they move on their snake haunches. Yep, I'm a scientist. <laughs> and anyway... I think the scientific term is belly. <laughs> Not snake haunches. Yeah, yours sounds a lot better, though. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, well, good. So now I've got tree snakes out of the way. Um, <laughs> one of the first things that I remember you telling me is that you had a certified nose. I do. And I'm like, what does that mean? So tell our dear listeners what that means. So I, uh, as part of my job, uh, one it- of the things that by by rule people cannot do is create odors that potentially will impact their neighbors uh or a person who either live and works in a place um where you know basically there is an odor that impacts them and it impacts their ability to like be happy and healthy in their home i don't know if healthy is a good word for odor but to to live and work with well if all your things stank that's that's a bummer. Right. So it doesn't matter if you're, like, driving down the road necessarily and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I drive past this place and it stinks. We're like, mm, well, really not a lot we're going to do there. But if you're like, I bought or live in a place that I have to go to every day to make a living and this other place is impacting my ability to go there, then there's a rule that says we need to look into that. But as part of that, 
uh, we as inspectors have to go out and be able to say with confidence that there is this odor at a certain level. So in order for us to be capable of like sitting in a courtroom and saying we for a fact uh, can identify the level of odor, <laughs> we get our noses tested every three years uh, on a scale of odors uh, where we have to get blindfolded. <gasps> yeah, they put. I didn't know there was a blindfold involved. There is. Uh, it basically is like a box of uh, markers. Okay. And then they blindfold us, uh, and we go through this procedure where they're waving the different markers around in front of your face, <laughs> <laughs> and you have to like say. <laughs> Whether, they don't all smell, so you have to say like whether or not they smell, and based on the different level uh-huh, of like smell, how, they can be like, they you, you properly uh, identified one that smells at this level. <laughs> um, and the funny thing is, I wish it was videotaped, because I there's like a thing that you do, so I, you, I, which you would never know until you're testing your smell that you have I've this. I've never like, once thought about testing my sniffer. So, so you, I like physically move it. It's like wine tasting okay. for your nose. So when I'm doing it, our HR person would do it for us. And she's like, everyone does this. We go and we like fling it up into our nose to smell it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a really, uh, it's a really strange thing, but it's. I'm trying to figure out how to tell our listeners what that movement just it's was. It's like when you, when you sniff in, you naturally kind of do that anyway. Yeah. You lift your head, you lift your chin. And it's like you get it into, like, for me, I picture it like you're flinging it into your sinuses. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> a, which yeah. I would have never known that I did until someone's like, you have to, you have to smell this. And then you're like, <laughs> like trying so hard. Uh, yeah. Do they, do you know when a marker's coming at you or do they just wave it, wave it indiscriminately and you have to be able to guess? You know, okay. uh, and it goes on both sides because they do both nostrils. <laughs> so it kind of... I just peeked out the system. <laughs> that just raised more questions, though. <laughs> okay, so each nostril gets a shot. Yeah, they kind of <laughs> do it on both. The sides of your face. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess if you have one nostril that's going downhill, then, you know, will the other one step up its game and be able to do the job? Yeah, I guess they're kind of two systems, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I guess I don't know why they necessarily do it other than the fact that it's two nostrils, but yeah, you kind of I mean, do it on both sides of your face. I've had jobs where they put you in a pod and they test your hearing because I, I worked at a job at Universal where. It was pretty loud, and we had headsets, and so every year we would get uh, our ears tested, and I'm sure you probably have had done that, too. Yeah. Have they put you in a pod? The quiet pod? I did that when I was young, but not as an adult, actually. It's... That's not part of our annual testing. They don't give two craps about your ears. They don't, as they long as our schnozzles are <laughs> Yeah, schnoz only. Ears to hell with them. <laughs> There's no sound on, or regulation <laughs> on sound, so... Um, yeah, so the test is very similar in that, in that you don't know, and you, like, it's different, yeah, different tones at different times, and, like, different um, volumes and pitches, but if I could, couldn't hear it over my own heartbeat, because I could, like, hear my heartbeat. Because of I, the headphones? Yeah, because of the headphones yeah, you... and, my, and my breath, I could hear my breath, 
And I'm like, shut up! Talking to my own body. I'm like, I'm trying to listen. Stop breathing. So then I'm like, I want to I wanna see how good my hearing is. It was average. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, with my nose testing, the first year we did it a certain time of the year, and I was like exceedingly <gasps> capable. And then this last round we did it, and it was during allergy season. Oh. And I still passed, luckily. So now I've passed at my worst, which is pretty good. That is right? good. Uh, but I was only like average. That was going to be my next question is... Like, what if you have a cold or it's allergy season? Can you reschedule? Or it's like, this is the testing time and them's the breaks. I think we still do it because work-wise, we would tend to still go to work, right? I still yeah. work when I have allergies. I think it's better that but way. But I mean, can you reschedule the test to be like, I'm having a bad nose day? I think if we were sick, yeah. 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 <laughs> having a bad nose day. Today's not the day for my nose. Uh, today's not a great day to wave markers indiscriminately in yeah. front of my face. <laughs> We also have uh, our eyes tested, so I can I do I go to smoke school, oh, and, uh, and read smoke. So, like the level of smoke in the air. Yes. Uh, there's a like percentage opacity percentage, and I'm I'm certified to read that as well. Oh my goodness, um, listeners! I'm not sure when I'm gonna be airing this. Airing it? Yeah, it's like a TV show. Sure. That was good. Um, <clears throat> but right now. Most of Canada, Washington, Oregon, and California are on fire. Um, and so there is smoke everywhere. Um, I was in the mountains. Actually, I was in the northern um, Mount Rainier, and it was clear as a bell. Like, oh, nice. it was hardly smoky at all. So when we got into town, we're like, what happened? Uh, but it's very, very smoky. It's uh, really a bummer for really cool asthmatics like me and uh, just people who enjoy breathing. And <laughs> which I dare say is most of us. And yeah, so this is very apropos. Like it's not very nice, but super interesting. So how, what, looking out the window right this moment, can you tell by the opa, opa, what is it? So it's like a, you have to do it over time, but so it takes like, like an hour to do a full reading, oh. but it still is pretty nasty. Um, and it's really like the way that you look, you kind of look through it, mm -hmm. you know, to look at the tree. But I mean, I'd say it's like five or 10% at minimum. And that's five is... or 10% smoke? <laughs> yeah, that means, or... yeah, five or 10%. It's like particulate, right? Okay, per million, so, what have you. Yeah, percentage of, I guess, percentage of the air that potentially has smoke oh. particulate in it. Um, I don't know if that's the exact scale. We mm -hmm. just use, we just say this is a method nine test and we're at 10% opacity. So what the actual like scale is, I don't, I don't exactly know, but that's what I would guess this to be, which we're usually looking at things that are like moving, mm. you know, are being emitted. Oh, so the like, fact that this is just sitting in our faces is like disgusting. Yeah. It's pretty nasty. It is. It is a bummer for sure. Like walking to the bus and... Um, there's a movie being filmed right outside the, the chocolate shop today, actually. Oh, nice. And I was watching it, and I was so excited because I thought I saw Melissa McCarthy, uh, but I just saw her double, her body double, who um, I'm sure she's also lovely and great. Yeah. Um, Still <clears throat> exciting. But she had to, they were running. Whatever the scene they were shooting was, it was running, running, running. And I'm like, oh, don't have to breathe today. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not that. I'm surprised they're even doing it. It looks so nasty. Yeah. Maybe maybe in Pioneer Square, <laughs> it always looks that way. That's true. Something's yeah. always on fire in Pioneer Square. <laughs> or if they're Square. filming it back in like the days of like chimneys all over the place, <laughs> then maybe this yeah. is the perfect, the perfect air look. They this, don't have to haze it out exactly. using technology. It's a Dickensian 
um, <laughs> drama with Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> Running around. She's a chimney sweep. Yeah, she, she looked great. Um, her, the hair... The amount of care given to the hair of the of the body double is is amazing to me. Like I, because the the shop was right across the way from it, and it was kind of slow today because no one's outside. Yeah. Um. So I watched it and just every, it was like an OCD level of amount of care for the hair. I totally get that they want it to be, um, uh, can uh, what word do I want? Yeah, contingent. Like a continuous look. Continuous, congru... No. Continuity. Continuity. Yes, like continuity is key. But just like the curl, the curl, the curl, the curl, the one curl, the curl, (laughs) the one curl. Get it? Okay, let it be. Let it, let it fall and rest. Okay, curl, curl. (laughs) I'm like, leave that woman's head alone. She's fine. Leave it. And then they told me to get out. Any idea what movie it is? Uh, It's called Super Intelligence. Super intelligent. Clearly about a, ch- a chimney sweep, though. <laughs> so for 100% chimney related. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just said, I took a picture of the, uh, it said, like, just be aware that if you're walking through here, you may be in a movie and you're not getting anything for it. So deal with it. Yeah. Um, I just like how that's a sign that <laughs> you can just put up. If you walk here. You, you might, your likeness will be caught on film and it will be used in any manner of ways and that are not within your control. Yeah. That is odd. Uh, yeah. Cause apparently you can't say, uh, this is a public walkway and I would prefer not to be in this movie. They're just yep. like, screw you. This is now a private yep. entity and we own you. Yeah. But the stores were all still open. It was, yeah, it was interesting to kind of sit there and watch. I had, uh, yeah, one of the, one of the PAs or somebody ran over. He's like, Hey, can I have some chocolate? I'm like, yeah, you can. But he was like clearly like on like a four minute break. So I'm like, yeah, threw him some candy and he left. Um, so are you anyway. gonna be in the movie? Uh, long story short, I'm a star. Yay! <laughs> this is my big day news. <laughs> this is what today's all about, Jess. Um, <clears throat> no, I did recommend myself into a movie with Charlize Theron when I lived in New Mexico. Oh, nice. I worked at a hotel and um, we it was a like a longer stay hotel and. Um, different movie crews and stuff would stay there because Santa Fe uh, actually has a really nice studio and it's actually grown quite a bit since I, since I left, of course. <laughs> Excuse me. And what was I going to say? Bah, 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 bah. Oh, so when people come in when they're for the movie, because um, they're all being paid by the same whatever, I'm like, oh, you know, idle talk. What do you do for the movie? Oh, I'm the caterer. Oh, I'm the EMT on staff. I'm the this, I'm the that. The one person said, I'm one of the um, extra casting directors. And I was filling out the stuff, and I'm like, I'm sure you get this all the time, but I just graduated with my theater degree, so, you know, just throwing that out there. And she looked at me, she's like, you know what, I think you'd actually be pretty perfect for it. You're free on Thursday? And so I was free on Thursday. Yeah, so what, what did you do? That's awesome. I was just an extra. Um, Still cool experience. It, it, was, it was very cool, and I made an ass of myself in front of Charlize Theron. Uh, but like a little bit. I'm sure it was nothing to her, but well, it was, I wanted to die. Myself. Hopefully that means she remembers. Yeah. And that's what's important. It was just, I was an idiot girl who's like, where's the water? Cause she was like right there. <laughs> like getting her. No, well, I was just like asking the world where the water was, but she was the one who was around the most, I guess. And she's, I'm like, where's the water? And she like, she's like right there. And it was a big tower 
of water bottles <laughs> that nobody could miss. I'm like, thank you, Charlize Theron. <laughs> yeah, uh, that place, God, what, what was that movie called? North North Country? It was a really a bummer of a movie about uh, women in the coal industry in oh. um, Minnesota, huh. Michigan. Somewhere north, somewhere cold, somewhere where people look <laughs> look like me, like white, hearty folk, yeah. if you will. Um, and, yeah, so I watched the movie. I was in Chicago. I, by that point, I'd moved to Chicago. And the movie was out. No one was in the movie theater except for a guy, like, three seats away from me. And I'm like, hey, hey, I was an extra in this movie. Hey. Watch for me. Watch for me. Where's the water? <laughs> remember me from yeah my both my scenes were cut <laughs> oh. <laughs> or they weren't cut but they were they were filmed in such a way that i wasn't you couldn't see me so still so awesome what the hell i think it was called north country you've lived in so many places i've lived in i've yeah i like to i like to get the hell out of places get the heck out of get into anywhere so i but here do you like it Actually, here this is my favorite so far cool yeah that's good 100 percent Sorry, I just talked about myself for a really long time. Oh my gosh, that's fine. <laughs> Welcome to my podcast. <laughs> oh my god, thank I you want for to know everything you about you. <laughs> thank you for telling such great stories. <laughs> I'm not disappointed at all. I'm glad you like it here because I like it here too. But I've only lived in two places, so I feel like my scope of experience is pretty limited. These are pretty dramatic. As far as places go, like if I had moved from New Mexico to here, there are a lot more similarities than moving from Orlando to here. Like Florida, I think, is so different in just about every way. It's very, very, yeah, it's very interesting. And I think maybe that's another reason why I really like it in Washington more for just, for oodles of reasons, for, yeah. for its beauty, for its people. This town is smart it's a smart smarter environment yeah <laughs> i guess i sound like a real a-hole coastal elite and i'm really sorry but i don't know it's definitely <laughs> i think what i enjoy is that for for one i think i find now that i live here after being born and raised and living for 30 years in florida that it's fascinating to me that we are the same country because yes the 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 worlds are so different, like so unbelievably different that in my in my mind, and I'm sure not all would agree with this opinion, we would function so much better if we weren't <laughs> weren't this unified <laughs> country. Like I think then <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. If we were not the same country. Because then it would be exciting. We would be like, we're going to go to this other country called Florida and we're going to experience their culture and it's going to be yeah. unique and it's going to be amazing and it's so different and the environment <laughs> is different and now it's this exotic place to go. But people are like, they need to be the United States and they are not the United, you know? And, oh. and Floridians are the same way, right? Oh, they're sure. like, They're like, this is my United States. I think it's probably happening in a lot of places and they come out here yeah. and they're like... No, this is different. This is not the United. They yeah. don't come out here and think I'm gonna get the Washington culture and absorb the history <laughs> yeah. and all of the different foods and the styles of people. Uh, and I think it's so strange that I think if we were different countries, we would all embrace each other more and not expect to all be the same. Because uh, we're t it is 
Two very different worlds. So different. And I didn't mean to say that Florida's stupid, by the way, when I said Seattle is very smart. It's just that Seattle's very smart. It's statistically, um, it would show that that's, a, that's actually a fact. Yeah. Um, but Seattle is also tiny, tiny, tiny yeah. uh, place in a big state. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it is. It's a very different that's interesting. World. So breaking news, Jess wants to all states to secede from the union. <laughs> I do. I want to live in a different country and I don't want to move. So if we could just make these two countries. Are you pro Cascadia? That crazy um, thing? Uh, you know, I, I just think Florida needs to be. <laughs> its own deal? Yeah. The Southeast. Uh, but I've only lived in these two places. No, I don't, I don't necessarily think I'm pro Cascadia, but I don't. I don't know the, like, full nuances of the West Coast to be, yeah. like, are you guys really that different? Or are you just it's actually, have an ego issue here? Well, yes. And tell us more about your work, because you mentioned it briefly in the, the importance of the nose test. Of my, of my schnauzer. Of your um, schnauzer. Yeah, my work is, I, my work is good work, right? I like to tell myself. Uh, on this positive, <laughs> on this positive podcast. Uh, I work for the people. You work for the people. You're uh, a civil servant. I'm a civil. I'm a public public service personnel, and the fact that I go out and make sure people are following the rules of of our regulations, starting from the high level, which would be like the Clean Air Act, all the way down to like local rules and regulations related to our lovely air. Uh, what I don't regulate is Canada being on fire, so unfortunately, I cannot help that. How <laughs> dare your but personal? I'm reach. ready to write a fine to Canada, and I can't. <laughs> I can't do that, but uh, <laughs> but it, it takes me to some, and I've done this type of work for a long time. You know, I did it in Florida for 10 years, but mm -hmm. I did it in drinking water, which was also a very interesting experience. Ooh. So same as far as from the Federal Safe Drinking Water Act down mm -hmm. to local. In that case, it was more state regulations. Um, but it's an, it's an air quality-wise out here, working in air, it's very interesting because I just go to so... I see the, I like to say I see the underbelly of the world that we live in. Like, I go to re recycling centers or the places where cars yeah. go to die. Or uh, I go to oil refineries or to, um, you know, I get to see where they make the Boeing airplanes. Cool. I get to do something as small as, like, dry cleaners. Yeah. Uh, or in gas stations all the way up to pretty significant, interesting uh, industry rendering plants and things like that. Ooh, so where is there a rendering plant? It's in Tacoma, and there's one in uh, Tukwila. What's it rendering? So it's pretty uh, vicious in a way. It's rendering like the fats of of animal product that don't typically get sold in the grocery store. Okay. So uh, among other things, I don't know exactly where they come from. I've seen yeah. anything from large like farm animal carcasses down to. Uh, just packages of food that wasn't sold at the grocery stores, and then they break it down and the fats and you know. What do they do with the fat? All that stuff. They, I guess they. I realize that isn't your job, a, so yeah. it's okay if you don't know. I can tell you how they capture the air. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but some of them make feed, which is kind of gr gross, okay. right? They make the feed that in turn goes back and feeds the animal stock Interesting. that okay. was gross. then being rendered. Yep, uh -huh. that truly happens. Yeah. Um, some of it does go into things like dog foods and things of that nature. Uh, so so it's it's a recycling, right? So uh -huh. you think it is, it is in a way 
some some could perceive that as green. It's a reuse. Uh, True. But it, it's managing waste. Uh, yeah. And the way that we manage waste is just something that none of us can, even in my job, I can't comprehend. Yep. You know, I do landfills. I do com- major compost facilities yeah. and still the amount of waste that exists and the ways that we handle it, it's just fascinating. Yeah. So, and that's just one of those things. It's, it's hmm. a waste product being managed in a way in an attempt to reuse or dispose of it. So I, I find stuff like I, um, we recently gutted our garage and the previous owner left paint dating all the way back to 1965. Mm. Um, so maybe not that quite that the old, good but stuff. there were, there were some lead paints in there. Yeah. And so, you know, we wanted to do it, do it the right way, do the right thing. And oh my, doing anything the right way is so, I'm glad, I'm gra- glad we did it. Like I found mm-hmm. a place to take my, to take styrofoam. So now I have a place to take styrofoam. Um, Recology, if you're in Burien or in SeaTac, you can take your styrofoam there and they'll actually recycle it. I guess. I don't know. Who knows? They do. They melt it down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the paint and everything else, but it is a pain in the butt and it's expensive. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. Um, but I really enjoyed going to the dump and stuff, but at the same time, <laughs> I love going to the dump. What? You don't I like wish to... I could take people with me to work. I would love I know, to go I really with wish you. I could. I, I, I'm sure for safety and yeah. reasons and someday insurance. I'll figure out how to make that happen so I can bring all my friends to work. Yeah. I don't have kids. I like yeah. want to be like, can I bring my friends to work? <laughs> I want them to look at this dump. I'm going to take you to the craziest places. Oh, okay. We're going to get, yes. We're um, going to make this happen somehow. Um, What are some of the craziest places? I don't think I want to go to the rendering plant. I think I'd probably barf. Okay, yeah. So pass That was on my that. first experience, too. Oh, did uh, you barf? No, but I Sorry, didn't. I'm all excited. Jess, did you barf? I did. I didn't, but it's a smell you will never forget. Certified nose or not. And yeah. it's not even like, it's like the smell of going inside is so much stronger. Mm. It penetrates like into your skin. You know, it's just crazy. Uh, I'm showing you my nostril hairs. Yeah. You're showing me the inside of your nose. The, and I appreciate the, it so much. The cilia. No. The, the just hair follicles. Yeah. That's just the hair follicles. Yeah. But they're important. Don't. Don't, they, don't knock them. No, they're... No, I would never. <laughs> those, they, those nose hairs are the best thing we got going for us. <laughs> <laughs> is that just like your personal passion or or like work has taught I you how important hairs. nose hairs? <laughs> so it's like, yeah. And that's when this podcast got really political about nose hairs. <laughs> I stand for nose hairs. I pluck them. I pl- I've plucked one. Oh, it, it just hurt. I have two if yeah. you ever need to cry, <laughs> just get one of those bad boys out and you're like crying for days. This is now the second time I've talked about pulling nose hairs on this podcast. Oh, nice. The first was with, with uh, Greg Stackhouse. Have you been so. leading me to this moment? Uh, I'm always you're gonna find a way to get to nose hairs. <laughs> that is the hidden... I didn't the... even see this. Co- you That was really good. I'm just kidding. The whole podcast is called Nose Hairs. Gotcha. <laughs> I used to work at Cracker Barrel. Ooh. That's good stuff. Yeah. Do that, we have any CDs out here? Me. The, cr- the closest Cracker Barrel here, if anyone's interested, uh-huh. is uh, recently opened in Port d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene? What is oh, it called? Oh, Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene. Wait, yeah. all the way in Idaho? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's not close so, at all. So, road trip. <laughs> I mean, you do get to shop and eat, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 
totally worth that it. That head game. Where else and are you going to get that? you might be an ignoramus <laughs> at the end of your visit. <laughs> I don't like being judged by things that... <laughs> aren't seeing me in action it immediately defines you yeah like, like where you're, you're standing in this world yeah i'm in the peg game <laughs> like you get to a certain age you play the peg game and then that's just who you who are you are it's yeah. like that's on my resume actually yeah. it's where i landed on the peg game <laughs> i don't put anything about college or any of the degrees just the peg game <laughs> oh man <laughs> so you worked in the food industry i did oh, yeah how'd that go it was very short-lived. Mm-hmm. Um, I It was when I had finished grad school. Okay. Uh, so I needed a job just to kind of make some money. So I was doing a lot of a lot of working. I was working at my normal job. I was teaching. I was teaching college courses. Ooh. And then I picked up a morning shift on the weekends at Cracker Barrel. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was like the only place I had time left. Yeah. So it was really interesting. Uh, I enjoy working. Uh, so that part was that part was fine. I enjoyed working at Cracker Barrel. I thought it was, I thought it was fun. Dolly Parton's in their training videos. That was pretty cool. Um, yes. That kind of made my day. Yeah. Uh, and then um, the best part. The, I remember one day I was in Cracker Barrel and I had a customer who was by himself, like an older customer, uh, and he, uh, in general, it was a weird crowd. It was in Jacksonville. Um, and he, at one point, looks at me and he goes, like, what? He, he asked me, like, what's your, what's your goals? Like, he was, it was felt very judged. And uh, it was a fantastic moment because I looked at him and I was like, I've been considering a PhD, but, you know, right now I'm just done with grad school, so I'm kind of waiting it out and see what I want. And he was, he had no idea how to respond completely well i don't know i just had eight kids and uh, he me and my heroine are just here for the time but you son of a he yeah he was judging just because i worked in cracker barrel so i felt i was like you know what i'm glad he asked asked me and i'm glad i had that moment to like set him straight that you're judging every single person in here yeah as if like this is where we've peaked and cracker barrel's fine it's a great place and people work hard uh yeah but you know you don't know anybody's story, so don't I, judge your Cracker Barrel waitress, no matter how many stars are on her chest. <laughs> you play your peg game and you see where you stand, sir. Um, I find that people crap on the um, service industry a lot, and as a performer, I've worked a lot in the service industry, but who doesn't like a pleasant experience in the service industry? Don't you want people who are smart and enjoy what they're doing and are good at what they're doing because you know i mean you can you know how frustrating it is to have like a really crappy server i was a terrible server the worst ever yeah i'd forget you for days <laughs> i would get home from work and be like you know what i never did get them their dessert like i i was <laughs> terrible a terrible server and to be a, a good server is an actual skill and who doesn't it just makes me crazy. These yeah. are things that enrich our lives. And if you're fortunate enough to be able to go out to eat, don't you want someone who's good at it and who maybe enjoys it and yeah. is going to do a good job and not forget your dessert until she goes home? Well, I think there's a, a, a stereotype on the term service, right? They're yeah, like here we, to serve. And yes, it's like, my lord. Right. And I am people your who, slave. who tend to think that somebody is of service to them, I think in general, are probably stepping into situations in the wrong way yeah. a lot. So yeah. I, those people are just. Be nice to n- your. Not the company you want to keep. 
Well, it's just, it's all, it's always a matter of, like, why, why is the, let, let's say, let's say you didn't get your PhD and you had, let's say you just got your whatever, you know, your GED and your, you like working there and you taking care of what your life and enjoying yeah, yeah. your life, then what, then what's wrong with it's that? Like, no, it's great. There's someone, nothing wrong. Someone needs to, I'm like, well then who's going to bring you your biscuits, sir? But that's, like, yeah, that's the, the problem is that there was nothing wrong with the people that were there. The problem was him. Yeah. Like there was something wrong with this guy. And he clearly thought I needed to have some conversation of like, <laughs> what are, what are my ideals in life? And when am I going to actually Listen. reach my potential? And that could have been, and I was perfectly happy working there. It was fine. And yeah. you know, screw him if he wants something else for everyone else around <laughs> the world, but he needs to focus on himself. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, dude. Now I would, I would have, that would have been a fair conversation to me at the Santa Fe red lobster. Uh, <laughs> if I had done as a terrible job as I did and they're saying, they're like, is this, what you want to do. Right. Because like, I was really bad at it. Questioning your capabilities as a server. Have you explored other yeah. strengths? Have you thought That's a different conversation. doing anything other than uh, this? Yes. Because I once put down a, a, a tray of food and I flipped the, t the whole tray flipped and all five plates of dinner landed face down on the carpet. Oh man. <laughs> I worked in a seafood restaurant once. Oh too. yeah, yeah. Nice. That is a stinky ride home. Yes, uh. I found a lobster claw under my car once. <laughs> this is Santa Fe in the summer. Ew. <laughs> that is I'm, nasty. Like, I'm like, what? I'm sniffing my clothes. I'm looking in my little stupid apron thing. Apron thing. <laughs> I'm like, where? Because it was endless lobster or endless whatever the hell claws. And yeah, anyway, that's a good deal. Endless lobster claws. Uh, I think it was. I think it was crab claws, and they had to stop doing it because uh, it was too expensive, and people. Yeah, I don't know how they're making any money. They, they off didn't, of that. and they certainly didn't tip. Any hustle. Um, but they had good cheddar biscuits. They did, but they don't make them fast enough on purpose, so that way you can't have too many cheddar biscuits. Oh, fun! Maybe not on purpose, or people are just ravenous locusts. Yeah, who can't get enough of those cheddar biscuits. It's like the Olive Garden breadsticks. Same family. Can't Garden say restaurant. No. Are they really? Mm -hmm. Yep. Do you think they're the same thing? Uh, Just in different shapes? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I quit Darden, or when I quit the Red Lobster, <laughs> they're like, you realize this means you can never work in another Darden restaurant. And, and there's like a whole really? bunch of... Yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole chain. So Darden has... The whole back of the gift certificate type of situation yeah, where exactly. you flip it over and there's all the different... Yeah. So I will never... And I told them, like, if all, everything goes according to plan, I will never be a server again. Right. Because... <laughs> not because it's not a fine job, but because I suck at it. Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to explore my other strengths. <laughs> my others. And I worked at a bookstore. Mwah! Match nice. made in heaven. Yay! <laughs> That's anyway. the, that sounds like a good place to go. Yeah, Borders Bookstore. It was great. Oh, Borders. I knew Borders. Now, a bookstore is where you could go and shop for books, children. You open things and explore <laughs> what's inside. <laughs> a lot of stolen Bibles at the Borders Bookstore. Really? Yeah. Where was this? This was also in Santa Fe. Santa right Fe. Right across the street from the Red Lobster. It's interesting that they would steal it from Borders. I feel like you can... Like, when I was Aren't in high school, they used to, like, force them on us when we would leave the parking lot. These little tiny Bibles. What? Who would Orange do that? Orange Bibles. I don't know who they were. 
I, I don't, it, this is a weird memory that's happening as we speak. But okay. yeah, and at first I was thinking they were in my high school, but I think they were in the parking lot of our high school. I'm sure it was, you know, the, we, the city, huh. Jacksonville's full of churches. There's a church sure. on every corner. So it's probably something related to one of the churches. But these orange little like travel Bibles, and I remember that I just put it in my glove box, but I had multiple. Huh. Like, I would just be like, man, going right. Okay. There's another one. Can't say no. <laughs> you can't leave school until you get your Bible. Uh, yeah, that's odd. Huh. So, I'm sorry that people stole them because I had plenty to give away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, if you need a Bible, get in touch with Jeff. They're, I don't know oh, where they are now. now. They, they have all. They now I have a lot of, like, biology books if anyone wants some. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But those are going to be borrowed. They need to be returned. So you went to school for biology. You are a scientist. Yeah. Officially. I Yeah. That's the, uh, that's the label they gave me. Uh, yeah. I went, <laughs> I my undergrad was, <laughs> I'm into it. Totally fine. <laughs> uh, I did environmental science and then, uh, grad school was, I have a biology, but it's a master's in arts. Um, because I didn't defend a thesis oh. and I spent all, I think it was 64 curriculum hours, which is a lot in, uh, like academic classes, um, which in my opinion, having assisted some of the various different grad and seeing them present the different, uh, thesis defenses, I was like, man, I took the hard road because oh, really, yeah, it was all textbook work, 64 credit hours of just yeah. brutal textbook while... Other people got to go out and like, you know, focus on the one thing, focus, focus on, on one thesis. thing, do some sampling and talk about why it failed. Right. They didn't even have to exceed. <laughs> like, they, they could literally be like, oh, the success in this is that there's a reason it failed. And here's why. And I'm like, because I put my thumb in it. Yeah. <laughs> Here are all the uncontrolled <laughs> factors that I need to account for. Um, but yeah, so uh, it was cool. I really enjoyed grad school. That's awesome. I spent a lot of time walking around in swamps and huh. kind of uh, co coastal, not really swamps, more like the edge of the freshwater and saltwater world. The brackish the, land. The brackish, yes. Lots of sitting out with tides and insane nets and counting fish. <laughs> a lot of that. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, my best friend, uh, Brittany, she went to school, to, she went to BU um, for biology and she did a lot of the work with birds like primarily oh, cool. her, her study was she worked for a zoo she did has done a million hours of volunteer work in various centers but she did do a I feel like a fish semester where she like put all the bones of a fish together I feel like I remember oh, talking brutal. about that <laughs> yeah that sounds like a well I mean I guess with a bird it would be equally frustrating but yeah uh, she got to feed penguins She's no on an fun. episode. Yeah. She's on an episode? Uh, of this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like of a penguin of world? What is this? What? Have, you've never seen Penguins with Brittany? <laughs> no, oh my but God, I, want I would to. watch that show all day. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, that sounds awesome. I want to be on that show. Yeah, I think I think we all do. Oh, there's a really cute show. or it's a, I don't know if it's just a Facebook series or what, but it's called two little goats and they just take goats to visit places i'll send that to you as well oh yeah my so i love goats i'm could get, i could cry over oh goats gosh, how much i love, love them so much. i love that they're born with the tiny the world's tiniest little hooves oh they're little 
they're born with those. <laughs> like, they come out with little tiny hooves. And I guess all ungulates come out with little tiny hooves, but something about... And they jump on them, you know? <laughs> like, it's just... Ugh, they're amazing. Uh, and little tiny beards, beards. The whole thing about them. And their little tiny teeth. Perfect little... <laughs> I <feel> like, <laughs> they have, like... Oh, they're, they're little tiny... They're something... I did an inspection once uh, when I was in water, and it was, uh, uh, what was it? It was a, a lady who lived in Lake City. I can't remember her name. Wonderful little older lady. Um, she had kind of this farm area, and she was very rural and then in this really kind of tough situation where the regulations were increasing, but she was like, she was a widow, and she had this really strong, Ooh. determined uh, stance on she was never going to raise the rates of the water. She, she like basically had the water system and controlled the water system that delivered to 10 or 15 little individual houses. Some of them were rental homes. Some of them were... So she was the water keeper? Yeah, it just happened oh. to be part of the property. I think people had developed, and, and which is pretty common to have these kind of little community water systems, especially in Florida. I don't know out here as well. But, um, and so she, uh, she had this little farm also and I would go out there and she just she also had my heart I loved her to death she <laughs> cried over we would like cry together over the phone uh, but um, she had these I went out there one time and she had these little baby goats and I'm out there trying to like do the inspection with my clipboard <laughs> and they're eating my jeans off like at the ankle uh -huh. and I was just in love I was like hey my, this is the best thing these little tiny uh, it was so great and then here's the Here's the, uh -oh. how you know it's my story. Um, <laughs> then I was like, I was like, what are you doing with these beautiful, like, little baby goats? And she's like, oh, we sell them for meat. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is the worst day. No, it's okay. But she was a little, you know, rural Floridian, and yeah. she had made her way for many, many years. Um, I, uh, oh, I want me to cut you off. No, that's fine. Yeah, because uh, we'll leave a, it sad. No, no, no. A dear, a dear friend of mine. We're gonna take the goat train. We're gonna get back on the tracks. Yeah, yeah. But we are gonna. <laughs> I but didn't we, derail it. But we are gonna. Story. We're still gonna eat the goat at the end of the story as oh, well. Oh, good. <laughs> um, so a dear friend in high school, Carrie, uh, her parents, uh, specifically her mom, I think, ran a um, animal like a wild animal rescue. Cool. So they had a duck with a peg leg because the duck was and it was too weak and bummered to be able to go out into the world. So he had a little peg leg. They had a ton of interesting creatures all over the place, um, but they also had goats. They bred goats. And I was there when they were tiny babies, and I got to hold one, and oh. her name was Cle and we named her Cleopatra, and she peed on me. And she was little and soft and perfect and cute. We didn't eat her. Um, but at the end of every, in, in the fall, I think it's in the fall, or maybe the end of summer or something, like the harvest time, they have, a goat roast, and yeah. they and they eat. I'm from a I'm from a real rural place, so like we love our pets, and then we eat them, and that's sort of so that's, that's okay. That's not sad. It's yeah, okay. I think I mean it's still real. It's still real. It's still real. So I never ate a goat that I knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I never had to love any. I just had like dog dogs and a guinea pig and a hamster. So like, I never had to learn that disconnect that so many farmers and folks not even farmers but like just folks just have so it's well, I think okay. the uh the world of the FFA would say young people who are brought up in those 
environments of mm -hmm. like trust that this is a thing that happens in the world are the people that would be the future farmers yeah. potentially right because I think it would be difficult for me to go into farming in that type of environment because I I come from a world of pets <laughs> but I have relatives yeah. who do 4-H and they're young mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know my cousin's kids who raise hogs and show them in shows and then mm -hmm. at the end they like sell them. I don't know what they do with them at the end but they don't remain as their home oh, pets forever yeah. right They're so they go somewhere yeah, yeah they go somewhere to be <laughs> so but that's all part of like their you know potentially their kids I think would potentially be kids that would become farmers right and I think exactly. that's important uh, it is in, in general I think it needs to it, I like it when we take the time to be more thoughtful about what we're consuming and how we're consuming it um because when Carrie and her family ate a goat, they knew absolutely everything that went into that. The care, right. the, the time, the effort, the, the breeding, and everything else. And so it's not just like, whatever, I just grabbed it from the grocery store. Like, it's a meaningful uh, meal. This sounds, for my vegetarian and vegan friends, I'm very sorry if this is deeply <laughs> upsetting for you. But here we are in a world where we eat animals. Well, um, it is much more... Uh, reverent. It's it's less, I guess, selfish. There are people, and it takes privilege to be able to do this, but people who can go out and, like, so, somehow get themselves an ant, whether it's through hunting or yeah. they can go to a butcher and get themselves one large animal and say, this is the amount of meat I'm going to eat for the year. Yeah. I've, you know, I've taken one cow whatever yeah. <laughs> and this is and I know that this is the allotment of meat for the year that I'm gonna eat and that I think is a healthy and sustain more sustainable than a, a somebody who just goes out and buys hamburgers all the time well and it's yeah well I mean if of course like you said it takes privilege and um a lot of we, we did that once we bought a cow from the Grange Fair and she, she wasn't a great cow oh, I guess it was a beef cow so it was a he so um he wasn't so delicious that, huh. um, yeah. So you just like put them in the freezer and then, yeah, but he I was, guess that's gross, really gross for your vegan friends to have that conversation. Yeah. But. Well, vegan friends, I'm sorry, my loves. Um, uh, but isn't it better to be thoughtful about the meat you're consuming than just blindly going mate forever, forever. Like it's, I think it's nice and important to be thoughtful about the things we consume. And that's what I realized when I was at the jump, I'm just like, we make so much garbage. How can I stop making so much garbage? Because I, when you unwrap anything, it has five pieces of plastic and this and that. And I'm like, how do we, any tips on that, my my friend? Uh, stop consuming. Okay. But, I, you know, Done. but how to, yeah, how do you do that? <laughs> and I, I don't know that I have any tips. I think we all generally know, I mean, we're in this, like, world of consumption that is is like a difficult cycle to escape and part yeah. of that is we have jobs and we have these yeah. like you know we are not people that stay within our homes and work around our homes and have yeah. this like you know you can't go out to the farm like that doesn't exist anymore so i don't know i mean i think there are a lot better people that, that doing this stuff than I am. I, I wore cute new shoes today, so... You, well, I you did wear cute new shoes. I am guilty of consuming. <laughs> well, we all, we all are. Um, I guess, I guess if we just all took a beat, um, and thought, hey, I'm consuming this. I'm enjoying it, instead of, like, thoughtless, 
consumerism. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know. I, it's a that's a big that's a big conversation to yeah. have. One thing I find interesting out here is uh, the composting, um, because we we all have the ability to like dispose of our compost and feel very good about that, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm putting I'm putting my food waste into yep. this compost bin. Uh, imagining that it's getting recycled and going into these lovely bags and being regenerated for use, oh, right? No. Oh no! Yeah! Oh no! Yeah! Oh, it no. is true. Here's what I would. Here's what I would say because this is. It took me what? a little bit to figure this out, uh-huh. but I was like, "Wow! I put a lot. I live in a condo. Uh-huh. I put a lot of compost into the compost bins. I have not bought a single bag of compost. Where is that? Well, hopefully, it's. I don't know. I thought you were gonna drop a truth bomb on me. The truth and be bomb like, is it's sitting in a place like a landfill. Right. It's oh. not so it's not getting it's not getting circulated in a way that's actually oh. the region is using enough of it to oh. say, Oh, we're actively like reusing all this compost, like it's just piling up in a in well, a stinky way. So it's not it's not getting regenerated back into the system fast enough. It will I turn into dirt though eventually. But it's still the for one because of the they call it post consumer so because of the fact that like i think if it was homeowners restaurant owners um and like if it was pre-consumer were the ones that had this Mm -hmm. uh they could be trained to properly this is where this is what compost is this is how you use it this is how you throw it away but there's really just a lag between post-consumer compost and what can be compost uh, so that people are putting any and everything into the compost bins. Oh, no. Uh, and there's, to, to my knowledge, and this could be wrong, but there's really no regulation on, like, defining this as compostable. Yeah. So whether or not things that are labeled compostable really meet compostable, when yeah. you look at the science of composting, of, like, do they yeah. really break down in 14 days with oxygen at this level? Like, they don't, you know? Oh, there's that... a science to that, and these cups, and they're Get not necessarily the compostable. Yeah. Uh, so all of that is, it's basically in some places becoming just a, another stinky landfill huh. of An- sorts, right? Cause it doesn't, stinky landfill. it doesn't go away, but we feel so good about it. I was going to say the, to throw anything out in the state of Washington, or at least in Seattle in King County, it took Patrick and I a really long time. To, like we had to look at the chart every time. Like there are charts. Yes, you have to. So follow I'm like these I'm charts. holding a cup in my hand. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'm looking at the diff. Is it garbage? It's probably garbage. Like so many things are garbage. The very first time I went out, I was I just started the job, so I moved here and started the job within like two days. Oh wow! Uh, and I was uh, at work, and it was probably like my first or second day. And my new boss was like, "Let's go to lunch." Uh, we went to the uh, Pacific Place, or one of those places, food court type of situation, so that we had different places to go. I had my little tray, we ate our food, uh, and we walked to the garbage can, and I remember being, because my boss was there, right, of <laughs> yeah. this, like, environmental agency, and I'm, like, just frozen. I was, like, hoping he would, like, walk away, or, like, I felt like it was a test, and he was like, no, this this is all ridiculous, and, you know, it's, don't feel... <laughs> discouraged all of us have to figure this whole process out it's crazy people who are here for like five days do not take the time to figure out the system i uh i'm pretty rulesy so when we did visit here before we moved here i was like hold everything where stop where where does this go everyone follow the rules you're like googling it yeah a line of people just waiting to Hold throw on. away. Hold thank me when I figure Approved, it out. Approved, disapproved. 
um, so we figured out the garbage situation. Um, I want to briefly talk about, apparently I just really am homesick for Florida. I just want to talk about Publix real quick. Because didn't you say that you worked there too for a minute? Publix is a lovely, lovely place. I did. I worked at Publix uh, for off and on for 10 years, solidly for about five years, I think, when I was, it was when I was 18 up until early 20s, I worked there full time, back office staff, customer service staff, (laughs) represent Green Vest. So Publix, that tells you how old school I am. That, I don't think they do dark green vest. Throwing anymore. up hand signs, it's quite, <laughs> it's quite the ordeal. Um, uh, 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 but Publix is a grocery store. PFL. Um, That's Publix for life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it is by far the best grocery store ever in America. And yeah. I'm, I'm pulling from a, a reasonable amount of sample sizes from Pennsylvania, New Mexico, Illinois, yeah. Florida, and Washington. The Publix is the best grocery store. So the Lord and Savior of Publix is George Jenkins. George Jenkins yeah. is the founder. Thank uh, you, the George Jenkins, Jenkins family is still, I think, quite a heavy portion of like the the mm-hmm. board of directors, because it's employee-owned in the sense that you get stock and stuff like that, Do which you? is pretty awesome. And I'm speaking for what I know of Publix when I quit working there probably like eight years, about seven years ago. Okay. So things may have changed. But um, so George Jenkins, his, his profile picture is uh, above every customer service, and you, <laughs> you hail the George. Uh, but um, but he, it does sound creepy. It's, it's not as cold as I would like it to be. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, so, um, the, so he, he created this out of like, I think he was in South Florida. It's in Lakeland as their headquarters. Oh, really? So just outside of, of Orlando. And he was like working in a grocery store as a bagger for some number of years Mm -hmm. and just loved his work. This goes back to like, like do the work you love, right? Like you, that bagger may be the person that create, who is so passionate about it. They create the next best Grocery, grocery store, store ever, ever in America, and you're judging them like they need to be a surgeon. Like, no, yeah. they don't. They need to do the work that they know how to do and they love. And they can make no a matter super what that pleasant. Is. Yes, and, and do that. So, yeah, so his whole focus was just, like, make this a pleasurable experience for people who come grocery shopping. And yeah. if that is not embedded in, in every trip you make to the store... I mean, half the time you go just because you want to get in a better mood. You're like, Aww. oh, I just want to go to Publix. And they're like, hi, how you doing? Welcome to Publix. Here's your free cookie. Yeah, here's your cookie. You know, here's, here's your, your slice of meat. Here's, here's your, your meat. Cheese. Here's whatever you need to make the shopping experience uh, decent. Would you like help out with your bags? That no tipping, please. Like all of that, right? I the the bagging thing or the um the walking walking you out to your car with your bag was that was like. Ritz Carlton. It is. It's like roadside service. I'm like, this is the amazing. It, it was. So yeah. you're taught to, first of all, we should be, uh, if you're bagging, you should be emptying the cart, right? So okay. the moment you show up at the register and, and on a good day, this, this happens, obviously it gets too busy sometimes uh-huh. and it gets chaotic, but that person should come out to you un empty your bag, your cart, if you are okay with that, right? Okay. They'll say, I'll empty your cart for you. Oh. So you just literally show up in the line and be like, they empty your cart for you. It goes to the register. They put all the bags back in your cart. You should walk around, right? You should walk around so that you don't have a choice. We're holding your cart, 
and we say, yeah. can you please show me where your car is? Yeah. And oftentimes people will say, no, it's fine. I have it. So it's not like we go, oh, would you like, I mean, it still happens that people go, oh, but you're trained to be sitting there ready and waiting to push that card out. I don't recall anyone. Well, this is also where Sarah's very fussy butt comes into play. I put everything, I like to put everything onto the the belt, <laughs> the belt in a very particular way. Mm -hmm. I do colds, heavies, and then like pro like lights and breakables. Yeah. Like, so it's very particular. And I'm usually, I also ask to bag it myself because I really just enjoy bagging. Um, <laughs> cause putting it all together and like knowing which each bag has and they're like, they're weighted well. And it is a nice um, thing. I love bagging I, groceries. I love, I was at Fred Meyer the other day and I'm, I was bagging and the woman, she's like, Hey, you know, we're hiring. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> You're really good at bagging. I said, oh, thank you. I, I just really enjoy it. And I, But again, I, I can bag well because I belted well. It is all about the, the belt. It's all about the belt. It is 100% all about the belt. <laughs> so, I'm the same, yeah. Because if stuff is coming at you in the right order, it's easier to put together. Cans, I do heavies cans first. Okay. And then I do uh, heavies uh, colds, and then I do colds, and then I do lights. Oh, okay. So we're pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, but... I have to give a shout out to the Stadium Thriftway in Tacoma because okay. it, that place has my heart. Really? Because it is so similar to Publix. <gasps> I'll have to go. Yes, it is lovely. You need to come down to Tacoma anyway. I need to go um, down to but, Tacoma. Uh, and that's on me. I need, to, I need to get you to Tacoma. But, um... Yes, it's your fault. I, I am going to drag to you. <laughs> you were so close to the buttered biscuit. <laughs> Well, I really was. Yeah. It was not too far. <laughs> but yeah, the Stadium Thriftway is just this lovely, lovely uh, little grocery store that has a fantastic deli, has great food. It has, like, often has fried chicken. It has similar things to what reminds me of Publix. Um, and they recently changed out their uh, service, or not service counter, but their uh, cashier's counters with self-service. And okay. I saw customers that were genuinely disappointed that they couldn't interact with the cashiers. Oh. Isn't that funny? Like they, and I saw it multiple times. I'm in there yeah. far too often because I just love going to the grocery store. Uh, You're a grocery but, gal. Oh, I love, I love a good grocery store. Yeah. Mm. I love like, a good grocery store. I love a good laundromat. I really enjoy really? doing laundry. Uh, when we, before we moved to the house and had our own laundry, we had to share and our neighbors were crazy. And if they were having oh, a crazy your, day, yeah. I, I couldn't do laundry That's because tough, yeah. th they were going to be crazy. And I, Really just needed some underwear. Yeah. Um, so I used to go to Luna Lunar Laundry in uh, near Ballard. And I was like, I, I, people were trying to fold fitted sheets like crazy people. And I'd be like, hi, can I help you? Can I just help you just in some way? And they're like, yes, please. And so I felt like the superhero of Lunar Laundry. <laughs> anyway, so I love a good laundromat. You enjoy a good, I mean, I love a good grocery store, yeah. obviously. I'm like, I have it written down, Publix. <laughs> like yeah. I, it was something I wanted to Publix talk Publix is about. a lovely, uh, what I would give for a, uh, and I don't even, like a Sausalito turkey, we've talked about this. The sa so Oh, the sandwiches! Sausalito turkey sub. The mm. turkey sub, The there's a, all of the subs are so good. They're made to order. You can grab yeah. them on the go. They go into your purse really well <laughs> because I um I worked in so many different places. They go into your purse, really. <laughs> they like, do. They're yeah. wrapped. They're wrapped really well. They're wrapped really well, and the more you smush it in your bag, and that Italian dressing on top. Oh, it's so good. <gasps> oh. That's yeah. They got some 
really good Italian sub sauce. That's something that out here, well, you know, Fire, Firehouse Subs is up I north know, now. I know, that's exciting. Oh my God, that made my life. It needs to come south a little bit, but yeah. I mean, they're basically giving it to the Canadians and, you know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, they're giving us this wildfire Yeah, smoke. come on, bring them back down here. Um, but um, subs in Florida, in general, sandwiches in Florida are so yeah, Cuban sandwiches. Cubans. Yeah. The subs. Rat. Like, and, and ever that's what you eat. You know, mm-hmm. that's what every... Here, they don't... Sandwiches are, like, so... They're very fussy, but... They're so gotten to where they're out. They're doing too much, and now it's like they've brought it back to, like, just a simple white bread sandwich with meat, <laughs> and that's going to cost you $15. And it's like, no! <laughs> no, don't do <laughs> I want it. a steamer from Firehouse! Come on! <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, what's a steamer? <laughs> steamer. So Firehouse, uh, like, heats the uh, meat, I guess, and cheese. I don't know exactly how they do it. And the bread, uh, in a way, that it's just, like, kind of, it's called a steamer. They call it a steamer. So they steam it. They don't toast it. Oh. So when you eat it, it's not, like... It's soft. It's, just, it's like, soft, yeah. So it's not, like, flakes all over your lap. Okay. It's still a delicious warm sub. Yeah. It's so good. And it started in Jacksonville. Sounds like we need to make a road trip. Up to there are in, subs. yeah, there's one up in uh, maybe Mount Vernon or a little north of Mount Vernon. Okay, somewhere up there. Okay, Burlington is that a place? Uh, it's a coat factory, um, <laughs> which I've shopped many a times. <laughs> it might be. Oh, I love a good coat factory. No. <laughs> <laughs> when Patrick, he was uh, when we were first dating, he was moving to Baltimore because um, he had gotten a promotion and. But trying to buy a winter coat in Florida was hilarious yeah. because he was moving like right around Christmas time. And I'm like, you are going to freeze to death. But we went to a Burlington coat factory in, oh, where did he used to live? Altamont. Altamont. Altamont, Altamont Springs. Thing. Yep. Well, yeah, I, before I moved out here, I went to Burlington coat factory and, and bought myself one winter coat. Mm-hmm. This was my first other than like old Navy unlined, not real coats. Sure. I had no idea how to dress for weather when I arrived here. Because you would never... No, I went to... I got here, and I went with my friends to a Sounders game. Like, I arrived the last day of February, kind of. Like, the last weekend of February. Um, And we went to a soccer game just within a couple of days, and I, like, didn't know how to wear a scarf. Like, they were like, you should wear... I was wearing, like, a V-neck, Old Navy (laughs) sweater with, like, a, you know, like, a camisole underneath. Not even, like, a tank top. No long sleeve or anything. And then just, like, a jacket over it. And I was like, I'll be fine. And we go to the soccer game, and I am freezing to death. I don't even know if I had socks on. Like, I just did not know (laughs) at all how to dress for cold. Uh, And I've since learned. But I went to Burlington and bought a jacket, and it was too big. So when I got out here, I was very excited because I was going to get it altered. And then they only altered one arm. (laughs) I wore it. I still wore it. <laughs> one arm like fit perfect, and the other one was still like way too big. Why did they only fix it? I don't arm. know. And why it took me so long to figure it out? I just was like, "Oh, this is nice. This has been altered, but it still fits weird." And finally, I like realized I was like, "They only altered one arm." I still wore that thing. So, though. oh, maybe it's like you know how one boob is bigger than the other. They're just yeah. like her one arm is bigger, like way weirder. They did like, everything like, else, like the mid, the- mid, but there was one arm that was just like still too big. <laughs> And then I once I noticed it, I could not see it, and I got really frustrated and couldn't wear it anymore. Oh no, no, that would make no, that would make because I was crazy. uneven, and my OCD was like, uh-uh. "That's not gonna, 
No, you're not can't gonna fly. Have <laughs> uneven sleeves? What are you? <laughs> it was the only winter coat I had. It was so, <laughs> it was so bad. I'm oh, sorry. I've since collected a lot of uh, cold clothes, so I feel better about my. Yeah, I I I've would, learned a layer. <laughs> I would. I read Facebook posts about, uh, you know, like in memories or whatever, and it was. I was saying. I'm going up to Pennsylvania for Christmas. I only have flip-flops now. Yeah. Like, there was a pro... I had no shoes that required socks, because we had to wear closed-toed shoes for Disney, uh, like, getting on um, to, our, to our dressing rooms and stuff. And But those were just Crocs, like, those little rubbery... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, not... The, I mean, there's the not the big honker ones, but, like, the delicate lady, um, the smaller silhouetted Crocs. Doesn't matter. They're still kind of ugly, but really comfortable. <laughs> People swear by Crocs. Yeah. I don't own any, but I'm sure they're great. <laughs> People swear by them. I mean, I don't own any and I hate them, but... <laughs> but, but they float. I think the appeal in the South is that they float. <laughs> no, I'm laughing because you've been to Disney. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen Phantasmic, the the show at, at the Hollywood Studios? The light, uh, it's, it's a light show and there's Pocahontas and... Probably... Uh, I don't dream recall. Dream in your imagination. Is it the one that says, if you dream a dream, a dream comes true? That's the that's the castle show. Or that was the... Uh, Parade, the, I think. The, the nighttime fireworks show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It was during the day. If you dream a wish is a dream and a dream is a wish come true <laughs> when you dream. I mean, those aren't the words exactly, but those are 90% of the words. <laughs> Um, uh, I shared a, a dressing room with some of the, the dancers and one day they counted how many times they said wishes and dreams and it was like a staggering number. It was like yeah. 50 wishes and like 90 dreams. Like well, it was, isn't it a moving show? So like they can literally just say the same thing over and over again because people really well, if only... if that's the, the parade route, yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, I'm talking about the castle show that was in front of the actual Magic Kingdom castle yeah, where with they the have the dancers and stuff um but now i think of wishes and then tinkerbell flies and oh I'm, yeah now I I know, dis- tinkerbell. um but i'm uh the one i'm talking about is phantasmic it's got mickey it, no, it doesn't matter anyway a kid picked up his croc during the show and just threw it into the water because it's um it's on the water but he didn't do it like he wasn't angry or anything he he picked it up and threw it and it floated he's like i thought it'd float <laughs> They float. That's like the best part. And so a cast member had to like get a stick and get it out of there. <laughs> oh man. So I think he's a future scientist. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty observant. For Maybe a kid. could have tried that somewhere else. <laughs> he uh, was just doing science. You can yeah. do that anywhere at well, any time. There's I a whole it. lot of fire that comes out of that lagoon, though. And then he'd be like, uh, I thought I'd melt. <laughs> good on to him. Yeah. Science anytime, anywhere. <laughs> During a show, what have you. Oh, that's awesome. Well, this has been lovely. Have you had a nice time? Yeah, this is super fun. Yay! Um, I, I'm i just winding down because I don't want to keep you here forever. Um, and I could sit here and keep chatting forever. This, is, uh, this isn't even recording. I just have friends come over to oh. talk. <laughs> this is why I'm you have it so your podcast out. <laughs> You're like, come be on my podcast. <laughs> These chords go nowhere. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, no, it, I'm going to release these sometime, I promise. <laughs> and I just am crying after everyone leaves. It's all a lie. There is no Dimitri <laughs> with the sound equipment knowledge. Dimitri. <laughs> uh, yes, so this is the... But I didn't even know you loved goats. And I'm have, so happy this is, you love goats. This was meant to be. Now I'm going to send you as much goat information as I can. Please. But I'm on every goat Instagram okay. already, so... Good. Um, I think of, I was in a show once where I played a sheep and, um, my dear friend Laura played the goat and we were, it was puppeteering. Okay. And, but at the end of the show we turned into, uh, so I turned into a sheep. So like real sheep came out to replace me in the role and real goats came out to, uh, replace Laura. But so, um, this is for a show called A Wonder's Night and it was a Christmas show at SeaWorld and, uh, when they first had the animals, they were babies. So they were baby goats. They were baby sheep. And they were all being tra trained by a handler and trainers. Very, very capable. Very talented people. And so they actually joined us on stage. But some of the actors did lead the animals. By the year three, the goats had gotten real big yeah. and real strong. So it went from three goats to two goats. <laughs> because the third goat was just too hardy for, I can't remember who was uh, the shepherd of that particular herd. But anyway, goats. Um, but the, the nice story I have for you today <laughs> is about two goats that were walking along the N subway line in Brooklyn. Um, did you know that they use goats a lot to like... Maintenance. Uh, yeah, for, mm -hmm. for not yard maintenance. Um, like shrubs and things like that. To yeah. maintain passageways and whatnot. Yeah, so they, they, they think these two maybe got away from the rest of the team, or they actually it didn't say where they came from, but I just assumed, so I just made that up. That could be totally wrong. They could hmm. just be I'm down on their luck own. goats who just were on the train. They're city goats. <laughs> they were not on the train. They were on the train line. So they're walking on the tracks, um, eating grass on the New York Transit. Authority sees them. The police, the police tranquilize them so they can move them safely, and then... The rescue team called Farm Sanctuary arrived to come get the goats. And that's John Stewart and his wife Tracy are on that team. So John Stewart from The Daily Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wait, they're on this team of people that come and rescue goats, apparently. Wow, okay. Well they work with um Whatever the sanctuary was? Yeah, the the farm sanctuary. He's been a supporter since twenty fifteen. And according to the article I read, although I didn't do any follow up, um that he owns a farm in New Jersey that takes in abused animals. Aww. And so these two little goats are just living their life. Their names are, they've been named Billy and Willie. I think we could do better. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to know their history. If you could have them on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if we could talk to them. Like, why were you on the end, end line? And then that, we could probably also ask their real names. Yeah. But yeah. Billy is pretty... Billy Goat. Generic. Yeah. Willie is a whale name. Come on. Yeah, I so mean, that's... seriously. <laughs> that's, cra that's crazy. They just found goats walking along the train. Yeah, and I forgot to... I picture them as hobos. Oh, with little knapsacks yeah. over their shoulder, and they're Like, just... they're just their little... They have, like, little wheat hanging out of their yep. mouths. They got a little hat on, and a coat yep. with, like, elbow patches. <laughs> <laughs> and, We're getting out of here. Yeah, some, like, unlaced boots, you know? <laughs> <laughs> their face is painted and sad clown face. Wait, what happened? Now what? No. <laughs> they went from hobos to sad clowns. <laughs> yeah, so sad. Oh, uh, if you've never read Jack London's The Road, okay. I recommend it. 
it's about living that that tramp hobo life. It is fascinating. Yeah, he's a wonderful writer, but it's about his days as um, as he calls himself a tramp, meaning like he would just go from town to town, yeah. ride the catch catch the train and. It's really interesting, and it made me want to do that real bad. And then I realized we don't live that way anymore. <laughs> it's a lot of running. <laughs> <laughs> to get on the trains. That's so. a good point. <laughs> it's my, too much running. My uh, family on my dad's side is from Sarasota, Florida, which is the home of Barnum and Bailey. Oh. So they, uh, that's the, I think that's why I went to the Sad Clown. Because that was a big part of, like, the decor in my grandmother's house. Uh, oh, <laughs> sad clown. Sad so, clowns. And clowns in general. And she, I, I got her, like, clown collection and okay. she had some, like, pig collection. So I have, like, pig salt and pepper shakers and whatnot. How do you feel about the clown collection? Because that's a really a polarizing item. It's, I, it was strange. My, like, my cousin got to go to uh, circus school as uh-huh. a kid and stuff. So for us, it was... It didn't bother me. I mean, I guess... Um, the clown thing. I think it was fine. Yeah, like the, the circus training and all of the clowning and physicality and all that takes is actually really challenging. Um, I guess I'm just thinking of like vintage clown things tend to be nightmare manufacturers. Nightmare, yeah. That's, that was my question. And they Not... they were. The ver- they were. <laughs> she even did like paint by number, sad clown. Whatever. There was a specific name for that sad clown. It's called Tramp, I think. But I mean, I think there's a painter... A person who oh, like began clown? that that kind of dramatic sad clown look. Uh, just spoke but, to your grandma. Just, yeah, it got her. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> was it paint by numbers on velvet? I'm hoping. Uh, it was on like a like a. I'm pointing to that, but I don't think that's on like a canvas. <laughs> yep, that's on canvas, and that's been sealed with uh, resin. That's pretty though. I like that. Thanks. Got it in California. That's cool. Um. But. Art. Well, I expect to see you with a clown painting because summer is crazy. I know. Crazy town. And then we have Labor Day. But <sighs> to Labor Day is Labor Day, to quote Homestar Runner. No, not okay. Jess and I are different types of nerds, um, but we can still be friends. <laughs> I can I can classify algae, and you can talk sci-fi. <laughs> see, you know things that are real and smart-brained. <laughs> But if you want to talk about uh, early thousand internet phenomena, strong bad, <laughs> home star runner, let's go. Ugh, knowing about algae would be better. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, any any other nice things to say or add or think about? No, again, I could do this all day. I just love coming into a conversation with the pretext of, like, we're going to... This is going to be nice. Uh, yeah, even though we got into animal eating, but... Eh. You know, the, the thing is, because uh, I used to be, like, really worried. I'm like, we have to keep it nice. But I'm like, life isn't that way. But yeah, yeah. we can look at things in, in a nice way and think about things in a different way. So maybe we can be better in the future or more thoughtful in the future or yeah. whatever certain situations arise. And it was, it was still a nice conversation. <laughs> I'll talk tallow with you any day. Or rendering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, all of that nasty. So I usually end with musical arm farts. Oh, really? You guys, Jess can do the one with the proper one, like under I'm her I'm going to have like a bruise. I haven't done that in years. <laughs> I am Look at the face I make. <laughs> I, I can't do it. It's like putting on mascara. I can't close my eyes. <laughs> That's 
let's do this and like jumped in. So people were like, oh, what's what do you mean? I usually just do like on the. I can like, do this one too. Oh, I can do, do it. all sorts. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. That I was, have many talents. That, clearly. <laughs> that was incredible. Oh, what a way to say goodbye. I, that's fun. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jess. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye.